You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Well, my name is Hannah and today we are going to preach the Word of the Lord together. Okay, so what that means is the more interactive you are with me, the quicker I will preach. Same anointing, same power, quicker. So if I say something good, feel free to stand up and you can clap your hands, you can say that's a good point. If I say something you don't think that's good, just be quiet and sit there, all right? But it's easy for you guys at the back, but at the front, but at the back, give me a little bit of a wave. I promise I will preach better if you engage with me, okay? Audacious Church, this is interactive. Think Disneyland, okay? It's good to see you. Come on, stand up. I'm gonna uh, just read uh, the Word of the Lord. Give yourself a little bit of a stretch. I'm just gonna read one verse and then we are going to get into preaching. This is a verse that you might know. I think you may know it on Mission Sunday. This is what Matthew 28 verse 19 says. It says, go. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Look at your neighbour and say, go. Look at the other neighbour and say, go. And then stay and sit down. Don't go anywhere. I am a bit of a going sort of person. I struggle to sit still. I'm going to pace and the iMag cameras are gonna hate me. Was it good? Great. I'm a going sort of person. I love going. I love doing things. I hate, despise waiting. Really hate delays. I don't think anyone actually likes waiting. I don't think there is anybody that likes waiting. But I really dislike waiting. And I remember I felt like I spent half my childhood waiting for my mum. Yeah, youth, you know what it's like waiting for your mum? You're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a mum now, so I am the annoying person. Mums are a weird creature because they're the people that are trying to get you out of the house. They're like, let's go, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you're all like out the house. And then you look back and you're like, mum, why are you watering the plants? Anyone else have a mum like that? You're like, got out of the house and she's made out, go, 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 go. And then you're like, why are you hoovering the stairs? You just wait for mum. Try and getting a mum out of church. The worst. Sometimes they take me out that side door there before I can even walk through here because the kids are like, Mom, let's go. I remember one of the worst times I had to wait for my mum. I was 16 years old. I was exhausted because I'd done a whole day at college. You know how exhausting that is. And I need to put my coat on for this uh, story, my jacket. Okay. And I, I, just, I just got back home from college, exhausted. And I'd got to the door and I was like, oh, I'm just so excited to get through the door because I wanted a piece of toast. You know, you just get in, you're like, I'm gonna have a piece of toast, butter. I'm just hungry now. No, it's a rumby, I don't need any toast. All right, and I got to the door, cup of tea, piece of toast, and I got there and it was locked. And not only was it locked, but I realised my mum and dad weren't in. So I decided, right, I'm gonna call my mum. I'm gonna do that phone call that only teenagers do. Where are you? How long are you gonna be? 
And she's like, oh, sorry, love. I'm doing the food shop. How long are you going to be? I'll be about an hour. Why don't you go to your nan? Why don't you just go to your grands around the corner? I'm not going to my grands. I'm exhausted, mum. Been out school for four hours. 20 minutes there, 20 minutes there. No, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Bye. So I waited, I sat on the doorstep and I just thought, right, I'm gonna wait. About 10 minutes in, it felt like it'd been about six years. Half an hour goes past. So then about an hour goes past. She's not here. So I ring her back and I'm like, Mom, where are you? And how long are you gonna be? Mom, she's like, oh, sorry, love. I had to pop into Quick Save because they sell cheaper potatoes. Spent five quid driving there, Mum. Don't think it's cheaper. Oh, okay, how long are you going to be? About half an hour. Right, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll wait a bit longer. Sit back down. Honestly, it felt like I'd lived outside the door for a weekend. I'm getting into my teenager yeah, realm now. And I was like, oh gosh. She finally pulls up. And I've already decided that I'm not going to verbally communicate. Oh no, I'm going to communicate in every other way but verbal communication. So I've got my bag and I'm strapping through the door, looking at her, the potatoes. <sighs> and I'm kicking my shoes off across the thing. I'm not putting them away. I'm thinking I'm not putting them away. Put my bag down and I take my coat off. I need a different mic for this. I take my coat off, right? Because I'm thinking I'm making a piece of toast. I'm not hanging my coat up. I'm not hanging my coat up, so I take my coat off. And I'm like, I'm going to throw it on the side. And as I go to throw it on the side to make my piece of toast, I just throw it. And all me and my mum here is this. The sound of my house keys that were in my coat pocket. I've gone from annoyed to livid. Because what is more annoying than waiting is waiting when you didn't have to. You know the word of the Lord. I know, seamless link, put that up there. In the Bible, it teaches us that we have to wait on God. In the Bible, it says, actually says 116 times in the NIV Bible, wait on God, wait on the Lord. And I know in this service at the 10 o'clock service, and if you're watching online, there will be people who are waiting on God for your miracle. You're waiting on God for something to come to pass that you know He has promised you. And there is a time and a place for waiting on God. It's actually a spiritual discipline in our faith that we have to learn to be able to wait on God. But the Bible is also very clear that there is a going in God, a go in God. It says 150 times, just in Matthew, Jesus says 150 times, go, 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 times 150, go. And today on Mission Sunday, what I want to check in the few minutes that we have, I wanna check Audacious Church that we are not waiting when we should be going. Hmm, what if we're waiting for some things where we should actually be going? What's more annoying than waiting? Is going, it's, sorry, is, is waiting when you could have been going. You see, waiting on God for me 
often waiting on God looks like praying for me. I've got a, like you will, if you're a Christian in this place, a passion and a desire for people in my life to know God, to access the freedom that I have, to have an assurance that when they die, they know where they're going to an eternity in heaven. But not just that, to have the freedom and the peace and the joy that I have. I want them to come into the house of God, find a place to belong, find a family here. But often waiting for me looks like praying. I look around my world and I know that they need God and I I pray, God, move in my family, move in my street. God, would You move in my university or, or school? Would You move, God, would You move in this city? But then I think, what if I'm waiting when actually we should be going? And what I wanna ask you today and tell you today is that some of the time I think we're waiting on God. Well, actually God's not the person we're waiting on. Well, who are we waiting on? Let's look at Matthew. This is what it says in in Matthew 9, verse 35. It says this, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When He saw the crowds, I love it because it says Jesus had compassion on them. It says in another translation, He was moved moved with compassion towards them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then He said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send workers to the fields. And I think, oh God, what you're saying in this is that you've already readied the hearts of the people in my world. There are people who are already ready for God. So I read this and I think, sorry, God, I'm actually not waiting on you. I'm like there praying, tapping my foot, waiting for God to move. We're waiting on the workers. Sorry, God, blamed you. Really, we're waiting on the workers. So I let this shape the way I pray. And I say, okay, we're waiting on the workers. So I'm gonna pray for the workers. So I say, God, Send a worker to my family. And he says, I have. God, send a worker to my school. That maths class with that person, they need you. And God says, I have. Send a worker to my street, I have. Send a worker to my workplace, I have. Send a worker, God send workers to this city and he says, I have. Why if we're waiting when we should be going? See, the truth is God has a plan for your family. He has a plan for your school. He has a plan for your street. He has a plan for this city. And the truth that I wanna talk about in the next few minutes is this, is when we understand who we are in God, we understand who we are in our worlds. Let me explain what I mean. In uh, 2 Corinthians, this is gonna help us break this down a little bit. And then we're gonna pray and you can go and eat some toast and butter. In 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 14, it says this, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all have died. And He who died for all, that, uh, 
that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but live for Him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here, praise God. All this is from God who reconciled us through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that God was reconciling the world world to Himself through Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Thank God. God, it says this, and then He committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. What a powerful Scripture. It covers a lot. It says that that Jesus, He came to earth He wrapped Himself in humanity. We know this at Christmas, we're gonna remember that moment. He did that to save me, to save you. He doesn't just pick you up and dust you down and upcycle you, He makes you new. You have a new bloodline, you have a new inheritance. You're not a better version or an old version of you. You are new, praise God. And then it says He reconciled, He, He reconciled us to God the gap, the chasm that I could not reach over even if I wanted to of my sin and the way I lived and what I had done. Jesus reconciled me to God. He paid the price I could not pay. Praise God. But then it says this, that He he didn't just do that. Wait a minute, it says this. That when Jesus died and He rose again and He went to heaven, it says that He gave us the ministry of reconciliation, as if God was now making His appeal through us, through me. It was like Jesus, as He left to go to heaven where His Father is, He said, Tag, you're it. Remember that game? Chase after people. Tag, you are it. Maybe we're waiting when we shouldn't be waiting. Maybe we're waiting when we should be going. When we understand who we are in God, we understand who we are in our worlds. We have a ministry. You have a ministry. Hannah, I understand that when I gave my life to God, I understand that my my eternity was secured. I understand I gained this freedom. But today I'm telling you that also you gained a ministry. The same ministry that Jesus had. A ministry of reconciliation. Now, don't get me wrong. I know what it's like when you're you know, in life and you look and you say, why am I here? Oh, why am I here in this family? Or why am I here in this workplace? Not, obviously you don't do that. This is just how I communicate to God. Why am I here? Why am I here? And I know what that can feel like. But when we know who we are in God, We understand why and who we are in our worlds. Church, audacious church, Christian, you are an ambassador of Christ. The dictionary definition of ambassador says this, the first definition, I love it because it says, you are an authorised representative. This is who you are. You are an authorised representative. 
You're an authorised representative of everything God is, of His power, of His healing, of His peace, of His joy, of His wholeness. You're an authorised representative. You know when an ambassador of a country walks into a room, everybody in the room, they don't see where that person was born, what family they come from. They don't think about the clothes that the person's wearing. When they walk into the room, they just look at them and they know that they carry all of the authority. They're an authorised representative of the place they come from, of their home country, of the authority that sent them. Do you know when you walk into your workplace, when you walk into your classroom, when you walk into that waiting room you don't even really wanna be in, when you go downstairs into your family, do you know that all of heaven and hell look at you and they know that you are an authorised representative of everything God is. You wake up sometimes and you think, oh, why am I here? But I tell you, when you wake up, hell trembles and says, oh no, they're here. They're here, they're in the school, they're in the university, they're in the workplace. Because heaven and hell knows you are an authorised representative of everything God is. Once where you carried your name, Hannah Adkins. No, 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 nothing really happens. Trust me, nobody bows a knee to Hannah Adkins. I can't even get my kids to do anything, to be honest, no, I'm joking. But I don't come in the name of Hannah Adkins anymore. I'm an authorised representative. You come at me with anything, I come at you with the name of Jesus Christ. The name that I represent, I'm authorised representative. The name that is above every name, above every sickness, above every insecurity, the name that defeated death. That's who I am. When you know who you are in God, you understand who you are. Maybe you're waiting and you don't need to wait. Tag your it. The second um, definition from the Bible of ambassador is a minister of the highest rank sent on a mission. I love this definition because as a side note, it's good to know that an ambassador by definition doesn't belong where they're sent. That's kind of why they're there. Maybe you feel like I just don't belong here and I'm here to tell you, you don't. You're just passing through. Heaven is my home. That's where I belong. But you've been sent. When you became a Christian, maybe you became a Christian at church service or a kids camp. I became a Christian at kids camp or a, co- or a youth camp or something like that. And you know, you, you become a Christian and then it feels like you just go back to your own, you know, your house, back to your family, back to your workplace, back to university, back to college. But I tell you this, the moment you become a Christian, you don't go back to that. You get sent back to it. Why are you in that secondary school? Oh, because my parents picked it on a form at some point. No, 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 no. Because you've been sent by God. Why are you in that university to get my degree? No, 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 no. You've been sent by God. Why are you in that family? Because I was born here. No, you have been sent ambassador by God. You're an ambassador of the Most High God. You have been sent. And what I love about when we understand who we are, we live authorised fully authorised by God and we live sent. 
It changes the question. It changes the question from why am I here to why am I here? It changes the emphasis from the complaint of the here to the mandate on the who. Why am I here? Why am I? Who, who, needs, who needs the power of God in this place? Who needs reconciling to God in my school? Who needs an invitation to church in my workplace? Who needs the peace of God in my family? Why am I here? When we know, when we understand who we are in God, it completely changes because we understand who we are. You are an ambassador of the Most High God. Some of us have got to stop waiting and start going. So you might be here saying, okay, Hannah, I understand that I am now an ambassador of God. I was from the moment I gave my life to God. I'm an ambassador and I wanna stop waiting and I wanna start going. And Jesus says this, when He said, tag your it, in John 14, verse 12, He actually said more than just that. He said this, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Yeah, we understand that. That's great, we've just heard this and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. I wanna tell you that the good news today is that you've not only been given the ministry that Jesus had, but you also have the same empowerment. Not just the same ministry, but the same empowerment. We heard last week actually from Pastor Andy McCaw, he said this verse to us in Luke 4, verse one. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Jesus, quoting from Isaiah in Luke 4, says this, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because, I, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners and recovery for sight for the blind to set the oppressors free and to proclaim good news to the Lord's, Lord's favour. Before God left, He didn't leave you with His ministry without the empowerment. He left you with the same empowerment. John 14 says this, uh, verse 26, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring it into remembrance all I have, all I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is there as a helper. Acts 1 says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The Holy Spirit, and band, you can come because we're gonna land in a minute. The Holy Spirit, He is the empowerment for the position. He's your empowerment for the position of ambassador. The Holy Spirit, He's the only way that we can go from waiting. We can go from <sighs> waiting. Why am I here? To understand it's about the going. Tell, let me tell you a little bit of the theology of the, about the Holy Spirit is what the Holy Spirit does is His role in our lives is to show us that there is more to open our eyes, to show us that there is more. 2 Corinthians 5 verse five, this is one of my favourite, this is the message translation, favourite verses in the Bible, it says this, we've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home. 
Remember I said, this isn't your home. The resur- our resurrected bodies, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what is ahead. He puts a little bit of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. I love it because the role of the Holy Spirit is to give you a glimpse that there is more. Imagine if you woke up every morning and were full of the Holy Spirit and you just said, God, why am I here? Show me through the Holy Spirit, why am I here? In the original verses that I read in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, so that from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you have opened eyes to why am I here? Holy Spirit, show me because there's healing to be had because there's peace to be had, because there's salvation to be had. Holy Spirit, open my eyes in my workplace. Open my eyes in my family. Why am I here? And the Holy Spirit says, open your eyes to the spiritual. Part of the Holy Spirit's work in us of going from waiting to going is to open our eyes so we never settle for less. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does that helps us from going from waiting to going is He compels us with love. You know, when you're an ambassador, we're not compelled as an ambassador of Christ to do it out of duty. That's religion. I have to do this. We are compelled by love and the role of the Holy Spirit, and this is why it's so important in a minute, we're gonna have a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. is because He not only opens your spiritual eyes so you don't settle for less, but He actually in Romans 5, 5, it says this, and the hope does not and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us the role of the holy spirit is to pour in God's love 2 Corinthians 5 we just read it before it tells us that we're Christ's ambassadors it says this for Christ's love compels us Matthew 9 we just read it Jesus, He saw the crowds and He had compassion on them. If you feel a lack of empowerment, you need the Holy Spirit. He'll open your eyes and He will compel you with love. He will compel you to feel what God feels, to look at your world in the same way that He sees it. Tag, you are it. You're it in your world. And in a moment when we pray, praying for fresh filling of the Holy Spirit to understand who we are in Him. Open eyes to understand who we are in our worlds, to live full of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18, it says, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can think, oh gosh, what's my... What am, I, what am I doing after this, Hannah? Like, I've got to think of doing this, invite people to this, but it feels like a lot, a role of an ambassador. It feels like, poof, feels like a lot. Now, your responsibility, keep on being filled with the Spirit. He'll give us open eyes. He'll give us a love that compels. And just as we're landing, my daughter Imogen, she's 10 years old and she's, she's at a tricky you quite a while in, ha- in primary school. She, she's in year six now, but I swear every single day, look at my husband, because he knows every single day, why do I have to go to school? Why, why am I here? Why am I maths? 
She's dyslexic and she's also a creative. She just doesn't fit into the school. And her class, she's never really fitted into her class. And she's found primary school hard. And this is the last year. And she's like, yeah, I'm gonna be out of there. But she had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And she said, Mommy, Mommy, what if, what if I'm the only person? Not in these words, but she said, what if I'm the only ambassador that Bailey and Molly May and Madison and Olivia and my class, what if I'm the only ambassador they'll ever meet? And I'm thinking, I get teary because I'm thinking, gosh, kid, it would be easier just to sit at the back of the class like you've been doing. It would be easier in this year just to get out of there. But she said, the light party's coming up. And I swear it was just the compelling of the Holy Spirit. So she took a flyer, 36 flyers for her class. And she asked for the video, helps her work in media. She asked for the video that we played here. And she asked the teacher, I wanna invite everybody. It's not in now, sorry. I wanna invite everybody to my light party, is it okay? Hurdle number one. Teacher was like, sure. So Imogen, the person who didn't fit, the person who doesn't find it easy in that class, she walked to the front of the class and she played the video and she invited all her friends. And she was like, Mommy, I'm scared that nobody will come. And I said, well, all you can do is invite them. And she said, I'm gonna invite them because what if I'm the only person that ever does this? So she invited her whole class, gave everybody a flyer on the way out. She came out and she's like, I did it. I've done it, I've done it. And text after text, after text, after text, after text, after text, came in from the mums and the parents. But we had a problem because Imogen invited her class and her class decided they wanted to come. We have a picture of Imogen going to the light party a couple of weeks ago and the problem was ours to solve because we had to get a minibus plus a car, plus a car. Because she made the decision. I understand who I am in God and therefore I understand who I am in my world. What if I'm the only ambassador these kids ever meet? What if this was it? What if this was their moment? I can't leave this school. I can't leave this school without inviting them. So they came and some of them are coming to church and one of the kids in her class has a brain tumour. And she said, what if I'm it? Church, you're it. You're it. Why am I here? No, why am I here? Christmas is the easiest time for us, church, to, we put on so much here. On your seats, we've got a flyer and don't get it because we're gonna pray first, but we've got a flyer with all the diary dates. One of the easiest things you can do is just take a stack of Christmas flyers and just invite people to come. We design everything here for you to be able to do that. But right now I wanna pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit for you.
Come on, why don't you stand to your feet where you are? Maybe you're one of those people and it's just really landed with you. Why am I here? It's hard, my family. But right now I'm gonna pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit that He would open your spiritual eyes and that He would fill you with love, that you would be compelled. You know, one of the other things we do is we fill hampers on the big give. These hampers go to people that you may never meet. You probably will never meet them. But these hampers go to mums and dads who can't feed their kids at Christmas. And I wanna ask the Holy Spirit to compel you this Christmas in love to say, maybe I can go with a little bit less this Christmas to give somebody something they don't have at all. I'm gonna pray for filling of the Holy Spirit right now. Come on, why didn't you shut your eyes? If you want, why don't you put out your hands like you're gonna receive something for God, because you are. We're gonna ask God right now to fill us again. For us to understand we're ambassadors to know our role, our position in Him and therefore to understand our position in our world. Lord God, I pray right now a fresh filling of Your Holy Spirit for every person here from their head to their toe. Lord God, I thank You that as You fill us, You pour out Your love into us. It not only drives out all fear, Lord God, but it compels us. God, I pray that You'd give us eyes to see. Would You break our heart for what breaks Yours? And God, we say sorry for where we have waited, where we should have gone. So right now, God, we stand up on the inside as ambassadors. Come on, I want you to think about people. Holy Spirit, place people in our hearts right now that we know we should just invite to Christmas. You can take a flyer and say, I want you to come to this. I wanna pray just quickly for the people who are saying, why am I here? I find it so hard, so awkward. God, I pray that they had spiritual eyes to see their family in a different way, see their school, their university in a different way. Open our eyes so we can see why we, ambassadors of Christ, are here in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.